Welcome to another edition of the Gold Nose Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me, in my opinion. Other content comes from the internet. Today is January 14th, 2020. And I have a couple of different segments I want to get into. Um, there will be there will be no player breakdown for this episode. Um, today I wanted to start off with college football video games. Will they ever come back? Let's let me give you what I wrote about that. All this started with Ed O'Bannon with the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit. I'm sure you know the story, so no need to rehash that. If they bring the game back, obviously you have to pay these guys for image and likeness. I have no issue with that. The question is, how do you pay the athletes? Maybe a free copy of the game. Maybe a one-time payment of $1,000. Maybe residuals for every game sold. I don't know. But video games maker, video game makers and college football need to get this done as soon as possible. I missed the game. And um, I miss the game a lot, especially Dynasty Mode. I love building a program from the ground up. Maybe one day in my lifetime it will come back. Um, You know, a lot of people grew up playing this game, man. And I remember when it was called Bill Walsh College Football. Then it evolved into what it is today. Um, So, you know, you just hope that... The powers that be can get it done and bring this game back, man, because it's really sorely missed. I mean, I I like this game really better than the pro football um, version. Um, so we'll just have to take a wait and see approach and, um, you know, just hope that it can come back, you know, at some point. Uh, moving right along. Okay. Um, who's going to be the breakout star for Florida State in 2020? Um, everybody is on Emmett Rice right now. Everybody's on his train. But let me go in a different direction. I'm going to say Travis J. I already spotlighted this guy, so I won't repeat what I said about him previously, but I will say this ultra athleticism will hit anybody. Also can play quarterback. If Florida State uses him right, I think he could be an All-American next season easily. Academics plague this guy in year one. If he has that sorted out, look out college football. Here comes Travis J. Um, just go to YouTube and type in his name, man. Travis J. His athleticism speaks for itself. Um, I know he played against lesser competition, but, hey, man, you can't help where you're from. Can't help where you was born at. So he's just playing against the guys that he had to play against. But this guy's, uh, what, 6'2", 185, and he's a beast. Um, I don't know if you play him at corner or safety or does even matter. Just get him on the field. Let him let him wreak havoc, man, on offense or defense. So moving on to the next segment, which is going to be, can the Pac-12 be elite again? I think Oregon can be elite. 
with the way that they're getting elite players, um, they got to go find a quarterback. Um, Herbert is gone. Um, This is the only team that I really see that has a legit shot to get into the college football playoff out of the Pac-12. USC and UCLA can't corral their own talent in their state. Um, I don't see Colorado getting there next year. Um, Stanford uh, has to find a quarterback. Oregon State is a work in progress. Arizona is a work in progress. Um, California is a work in progress. And Washington State needs to hire a new coach. Um, Washington, maybe. Arizona State, maybe. Utah, maybe. At the end of the day, the college football playoff committee just doesn't respect the Pac-12 conference. Therefore, no college football playoff bids. Um, USC got to get another coach, man. I just don't think Clay Helton is the guy that's going to galvanize that talent. And then you, you, I mean, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, even Florida State comes in there and gets guys. All right, you just think about some of the talent that has escaped California, man. And if USC or UCLA or whoever in that state could corral that talent, you got to go find a, a coach that can put a blockade around that state and keep those guys at home. I just don't think that anybody in that conference can do that right now. So, um, so that, that's my thoughts on the Pac-12. Um, so my next segment is going to be if the season started today, who would your starting tackles be? Uh, I guess we would have to go with Ira Henry and Darius Washington. Uh, neither of these guys are fixtures. Again, I think Randy Clements wanted to play these guys early, but uh, Willie Taggart kind of checked out in my estimation. So he kept uh, Jawan Williams and Ryan Robertson out there. Um, at best, these guys are adequate, not elite. Uh, Florida State needs elite tackles now. I don't know how we get there to get those guys um, because Walter Jones and Trey Thomas are not walking through that door no time soon. Um, the new old line coach has his work cut out for him. Uh, good luck. Um, JUCOs, grad transfers, high school recruits, we need it all. Um, you know, I I feel like I'm beating a dead horse saying this, but it is what it is, man. We need it. You know, we're not going to go anywhere if we can't get what we need in terms of uh, offensive line talent. So it is what it is, man. I'm going to say that every episode. That's really the key. I feel like if you protect James Black, man, he can make all the throws. Um, so it's just a matter of can you coach him up and acquire the talent. That's all it is. So that's going to do it for that segment. Let's move on to the next one. Um, and this is, again, about my 18 playoff, my dream. I'm going to make this 18 playoff playoff. 
thing happen. Uh, if the four-letter network renegotiated the contract and added four more spots with no committee and only conference winners can get in, this is how I would do it. Again, five power five teams and three group of five teams. Rose, Sugar, Orange, Fiesta. Okay, as my first round. Then Peach and Cotton as my second round. Then the national championship game can be wherever you want it to be. Um, so if I had to pick it for this coming season, let's just say it got renegotiated and they went to eight teams. These would be my eight teams. One, Clemson. Two, Ohio State. Three, Oregon. Four, Oklahoma. Uh, five, Alabama. Six, Appalachian State. Seven, Memphis. Eight, Boise State. All right, so one plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. So Clemson, in the first round, it would be Clemson versus Boise State. One versus eight. Then my 2-7 game, Ohio State versus Memphis, 3-6, Oregon against Appalachian State, and 4-5, Oklahoma versus Alabama. All right, so uh, Clemson is going to move on, obviously, and Ohio State will move on. So they would face each other in the um, Final Four. All right. And I got Oregon beating Appalachian State and Alabama beating Oklahoma. Um, Clemson would beat Ohio State in the Final Four. Alabama would beat Oregon in the Final Four. And then I would have a national championship of Clemson versus Alabama again. And I'm going to pick Clemson to boat race them again. I just feel like Clemson has their number at this point. So I think if you give the little guy a chance, the group of five teams, and just get them in there and shut them up, then, you know, it's fair for college football. Um, I think this would give more validity to the group of five conferences. You would see more high-level recruits going to group of five. And, you know, I think it would just be great for college football. Um, so we're moving on to the next segment. And it's entitled Red Shirt or No Red Shirt. When do you use it? In today's college football, you have four games during any year, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, to decide if you're going to red shirt. Obviously, if you are a standout, um, player, you're going to keep playing. You're not going to redshirt. Um, back in the day, you only had one game. If you played one game, that messed up your whole redshirt season. You really had to sit out the whole season. Um, most of the time, you use the redshirt if it's a de developmental uh, prospect. That is going to be like a two or three year project to get him on the field, like a tackle or something like that. Um, but obviously, if you're a Trevor Lawrence type talent, you know, red shirting is not an option. Most of your three stars red shirt, your high four stars and five stars usually play it out on a case by case uh, situation. 
Um, I like the red shirt. If it's somebody that I feel can can is gonna help me down the road. Um, obviously I'm not gonna use it if he's an elite talent and he I've put him on the field and he's doing elite things on the field. Obviously I'm going to keep playing that guy because I wanna win. So um but the that's the good part. The bad part is, you know, you have some teams that just red shirt just a red shirt, like Florida State. You had all these defensive ends on the roster and you just red shirted them because I don't even know why they did that. Cause I don't know what you're saving them for. It's like you it's just like Willie gave up on this past season. He wasn't trying to you know, put guys out there after the four games to see what they got. Like, you know, your job was on the line. I would have been playing everybody. I mean, he kept throwing Hornybrook out there. And he, I mean, he had one good game. I think that was against Syracuse. Yeah, he had one good game against Syracuse, and he really looked average in that game. So, um, Hopefully, this new staff can better manage the uh, red shirt uh, situation and we can keep the right players on the field and red shirt the players that we want to develop. So my last two segments here are going to be a top 10 and, you know, best best uh, best mascot costume. And I'll start with top 10, my top 10 worst color schemes for uniforms in college football. Number 10, Boston College. Their uniforms are hideous. University of Texas, San Antonio. Number nine. Number eight, UTEP. Number seven, Maryland. Number six, Ole Miss. Number five, UMass. Number four, Temple. Number three, Southern Mississippi. Number two, Florida State black uniforms. They're hideous. And number one is going to be Tulsa. And that was the top ten worst color schemes for college football uniforms. Tell me what you think about that. And my last segment, best college mascot costumes. Number 10, Michigan State, Spartans. Number 9, TCU Horn Frogs. Number 8, Florida State, Chief Osceola and Renegade. Clemson Tigers, number 7. Number 6, Texas Longhorns. Number 5, Florida Gators. Number four, Miami Hurricanes with the stork. Number three, Oregon Ducks with the uh, duck riding the motorcycle. Number two, Southern California Trojans. I love when the Trojan plants the uh, spear on the, uh, the logo. And my number one best college mascot costume is going to go to the Arizona State Sun Devils. Love the Sun Devil on the helmet. Love the costume. Love it. 
love it love it love it so let me know let me know what you think about those uh the best costumes for mascots and the top 10 um worst color schemes for uniforms in college football hope you enjoyed this episode um as usual this podcast is available on youtube apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and spotify Podcasts. if you're listening to this on youtube please go down to the description click on one of the links and subscribe to my podcast if you like it and as always go nose <laughs>